the, the things that happen to you, can the offenses, the setbacks, all the things that can come against you in your life can literally program something into your mind that's not healthy. Amen? And what can wash away all the things of my mind? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? So the mind has to be transformed by the Spirit. You know, the mind is, is, should be subject to the Spirit. The Spirit of God, it lives within each one of us that are born again. How many have been born again this morning? Now, if you haven't been, believe me, we're not going to let you out the door until, <laughs> until you confess, okay? And see, all these things that get in us, all these things that limit us, because many of us are limited by our past. We're limited by the, the mindset that we have of negativity, of the things that have come against us, the people that have hurt us, the unforgiveness, the, the, the hatred, the things that we've experienced in life, the, the bad parenting, all these things try to weigh you down with the weight. The Lord said, I'm going to set you free. Amen. The anointing comes to break the yoke and set every captive at liberty. You know, the Bible said we're going to get so free that we're going to be like the calves skipping around. I used to could skip around, but I don't skip around too much. One time I laid down on the platform many years ago, and I, I was carrying a little more girth, and, and uh, I'm laying there. I, I used to do dramatic messages. And, um, so and my wife looks and says, don't, please don't ever do that again. You look like a beach twelve. <laughs> I don't think I learned my lesson. <laughs> but the Lord's going to set you free. From your captivity. He said, the spirit of God is upon me for he's anointed me. Amen. To set at liberty those that are bound. Yes. And I declare to you this morning that God's going to liberate you for the things that you're bound from. The things that's limited you. I bind those in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom for you in the coming days. Hallelujah. Take your, your hands like this and put them on your head. So I just, and just now pull all that negativity out and just throw it to the ground. Okay. okay, I'm not going to think of myself the way I used to think. I'm not going to condemn myself because those that are in Christ Jesus are no longer condemned. I'm going to begin to think of myself the way God thinks about me. When God sees you, he sees a reflection of who he is in you. Amen. You know, when they were in the wilderness in Egypt, it was hard for them to see the promised land. They were subject to the, 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 the bondage of the slave owners. And I, I can imagine as you're working night and day and you're, and you're, you're almost starving to death and, and you're baking in the sun, you've got cruel taskmasters beating you on the back with whips and, and you're living in these shacks. And then someone says, hey, there's a land flowing with milk and honey. I mean, that, it would be almost un unbelievable to even visualize something like in that in those conditions. Did you realize that we... Don't even imagine what God has prepared for them that love him. Sometimes you're caught up in this life. Let me tell you, there's something great happening for you. God is going to deliver you into the land of milk and honey, the land of fruitfulness, the land of blessing. And they might not get it all in this life, but guess what? There's an eternal life that God gives you everything that you sow in this life becomes fruition in that life. It's, it's almost irrelevant to, to think, well, my life is not meaning much because in the scope of eternity, your life means everything. It's phenomenal. 
Now, we're going to look in Psalms 51 this morning, and we're fixing to turn there, but I, I just want to talk to you a little bit about it first. The scripture is actually called the confession of forgiveness of sin. Now, during this season, it's important that we enter into this moment where we let God examine our hearts. I have a hard time with that sometimes because I really get kind of disturbed when God begins to examine me. How many know what I'm talking about? Almost, how many don't like going to the dentist? Right? Sometimes I don't like going to the Lord. But yet every time I come out of the dentist and my teeth quit hurting and my teeth feel clean, I think, man, I should have come earlier. Well, that's the way it is with God, isn't it? If only we would have knew, know what it's like to experience this forgiveness, we would come quickly to the throne of grace in our time of need. So I want us to look this morning about how do we clean the slate? You see, if you want something new to be birthed in your life, you have to be willing to let the slate be cleaned because you can't, you can't mix the two things. You can't bring all these things that, that you've uh, uh, perceived yourself to be and bring it into this new thing that God wants to do because there has to be a, there has to be a clean or there has to be a, a landing strip that the debris had been moved from. So the Lord wants to bring us into something new in our heart. The heart is literally is our spirit. It's the center of our being. Everybody say, my heart is the center of our being. For it's out of the heart, the scripture says, that come forth the abundance of life. Now, in the heart, you can have, you can have bad heart and you can have a good heart. Have you ever seen someone with a bad heart? I know it's not you. But bad-hearted people tend to become bitter. Bad-hearted people tend to, to uh, be angry. Bad-hearted people tend to be unforgiving. Bad-hearted people tend to just make, let everything in life, they feel like they're the ones that have been chosen for the suffering. But good-hearted people are different because out of them springs forth the love of God. Out of them comes forth this peace, this joy, this gentleness, this goodness, this meekness, this faith against such there is no law because they have become a people of spirit and they carry the very nature of God. Did you know when you get your heart right, you have aligned yourself with the one that has the greatest heart of all? That's Jesus. Amen. Wow. I love that stuff. Don't you? And uh, so don't get so concerned about your outer man because, you know, all of us need a little cleanup, don't we? How many enjoy getting in the shower every day? Or at least you hope you get in the shower every day. And I hope you're not sitting by, by anybody this morning that didn't get in the shower. But when you get in the shower, it's so cleaning, cleansing. It's the same thing in the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ has come to cleanse you and remove you, all sin from you. And the greatest news about that is that not only does God forgive you of your sins, he casts your sin into the sea of forgetfulness to remember it no more. See, God's not the only one that has, I mean, old people aren't the only one that have short memories. God has a short memory. He does not remember what you were yesterday when you come to him in repentance. Everything that you repent 
of the attitude of your heart. It's not just itemizing all your problems to God. That's not what he's looking for. He's simply wanting a turning of your heart to him. If you turn to your heart to God and you rend your heart and not your garments at that very moment, he comes and transforms you. Wow. So you can take some old unforgiving, bitter, angry person and bang, in the moment of a twinkling of an eye, they become a new creature. Wow. And you say, who is that guy? I mean, last time I saw him, he was cussing and mad and angry and bitter, upset. And now he just wants to love everybody. Amen. How many know it's a lot funner to do that than to live the old bitter life? See, the inner man is not controlled by limitations because it's in the realm of the spirit. You know, when you get in the spirit, there are no limitations. God removes those. Limitations are only self-imposed things that we place upon ourselves. But there's no limitation in Christ. You, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? Wow. So it's, it's this this process of separation. I'm trying to get to that scripture. Okay, let's get to it. Anyway, <laughs> Psalms 51.10. Psalms 51.10. Created me, everybody say it with me. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, David is the epicenter of what we're looking to become. It's, he's, he is the beginning of this when God decided, I'm going to disclose who I am to humanity. Going through Christ and now through you. Isn't it cool that when Jesus came, he was able to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What an audacious statement. No wonder they wanted to kill him. I mean, if someone gets up and says, hey, guys, if you've seen me, you're seeing the Father. Now, what if I would have the audacious to say that to you this morning? Hey, if you've seen me, you've seen him. What's your first inclination? I don't believe it. I know none of you would want to stone me. But I, I guarantee you there are places I could go in the world that if I were to say that, they would. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now that's audacious in a way, but yet it's not because that's the purpose of God doing his work within you is to create in you the image of who he is. And David was this first example of that because David had sinned. And Nathan the prophet had come to him. And so David didn't defend himself. He didn't try to hide himself, but he came before God. Oh, God created me a clean heart. Created me a clean heart. It went away. Okay. <laughs> he positioned himself before the Lord. And when you find yourselves in times of confusion or not understanding what 
you're going through on a personal level or the challenge you face, it's always good, good to go back to the baseline of how do you correct your heart and how do you let God correct your heart? See, when you're in the pain of the things that you go through, when you're going through these trials in your life, what do you do? Do you stew? How many know what a good stew is? You just let it boil. You just let it cook for a long time. You kind of get your mat on. So you keep your mat on just kind of on a simmer because you can live with it on a simmer and you just let it simmer and simmer and simmer and you just get madder and madder and madder and madder and madder. And then finally, how many have ever had that happen in your marriage? Then all of a sudden, pow, you explode. That's the way sin is, isn't it? Sin starts as a little seed in your life. And it'll just, it'll lay there for a long time and just kind of simmer until one day it comes to fruition. And there it is. What do you do when you see that? That's when you come to the Lord, isn't it? Because it, it only takes one little step back to God. It's what repentance is, isn't it? Repentance is being in this position and determining to move over here to this position, right. to, to take the pathway of a creative heart means that you're, t you're going from this position to that position. And the moment you take a step towards God, he meets you right there. Yes. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing how people, you, we can be so stubborn and so obstinate, but if we would just give a little bit, if we just bow the head just a little bit, if we just yield just a little bit, if we just open up just a little bit, there he is. At that very moment. Yes. I know some of you here this morning, there's a few of you here this morning need this message. Because you're just letting things just go down and down and down and down. But now you got to think up from the grave he arose. Yeah. With a mighty triumph o'er his foes. Created me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Boy, there's nothing, there's nothing more hurtful than losing the sense of his presence in your life. Wow. I felt him this morning, his presence. And I just reminded myself how much I love him. 52 years ago, I fell in love with a man. His name was Jesus. And, and God knows how many times I've failed him, how many times I may have disappointed him. But yet, I guess in reality, I'd never failed him or never disappointed him because he knew my weaknesses. He knew my hurt. He knew my disappointments. He knew my challenges because he became a high priest that identified with me in everything. He became down from heaven, this God himself incarnate in humanity. He lived his life in the flesh. Limitations of the flesh were upon him, just like it is on us. The temptations that he had, we have just were his temptations as well. Yet he overcame all of that so that he could love you 
out of your place of despair, bring you out of your place of hurt, out of your place of wandering, loneliness. He reached down from heaven and gave his life so that you could live in his sight. Thank you, Lord. The sacrifices of God. Verse 17. Chapter 51, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. You see, why am I broken this morning? Because he was broken for you, for me. He wept bitter tears and so desperately cried out. Drops of blood literally came out of his skin. He took the cup, drank that cup for you and I so that we may live in his sight today. Thank God for Jesus. There's nobody like Jesus. He said, Lord, if we have a, your broken heart, your contrite heart, these, oh God, you'll not despise. So the Lord was speaking through David to saying, Lord, let that be in me. The same thing that's in you, Lord, let that be in me. Every time we move into something new and every time we want something to happen in our life, God is ready to pour out a new wine into you. Everybody hold your cup out this morning. Say, this is the wine of the Lord. And I'm going to take a drink. We used to do that at Cathedral of Praise. We'd just get drunk in the spirit. I mean, we'd be crawling around the floor. I shouldn't be telling you good people that stuff. And it was all Darren's fault, by the way. He's just lying in wait, getting ready to get you. He's going to get you. Amen. My Baptist pastor used to tell me, he said, stay away from those Pentecostals. Uh, really? What are the Pentecostal? He said, those are those people that they worship on the other side of the tracks. And you'll, you'll know them because they all, they all play guitars and, and play drums in church. And don't look in their eyes. Their eyes are weird. <laughs> Sue told me that before I was even a Pentecostal. Your eyes are weird. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. One of the greatest compliments ever paid in my life was several years ago. We, we, I really love children. And maybe I take after my older brother with that heart because I think Jesus kind of loved them too, don't you? And um, a little kid came up to me. I'm, hold, I'm hugging him at the altar. We used, they used to come to hug them before they go to children's church. And... Um, And uh, this little girl looked at me and said, she told her mama, she said, Mama, Pastor Hart looks like Jesus is in him. I'm thinking, wow, I, I needed that. Believe me, that was one time I didn't feel like Jesus was anywhere in my, in, close to me. How many of you felt like that sometimes Jesus isn't even in the house yet? <laughs> you know, your house. And, and sometimes the way we act, we kind of, are pretty happy if he's not there, right? Because, 
But, you know, the Lord wants to come into your house and live there. Wouldn't it be great if we could just all open the door and say, come on in, Jesus. Just live with us. Then we'll put you up in the front room. We'll give you the master suite. And you can have run of the house. Just come on in. Every area of our heart will just open up and let you just roam wherever you choose. There's nothing like that, is there? Because everywhere he goes, he just keeps cleansing you. You know what it's called in the book of Romans? It's called the circumcision of the spirit, not of the flesh. The Lord just goes right around in your heart with his little knife. Just keeps cleaning every area in you until you are perfected. Paul said it. He said, I'm praying your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord. There's a, such a thing that of sanctification in the Bible to where we can actually come to the place that we've been so molded and fashioned and imaged into, into who Christ is that Christ literally becomes the predominance of our life. No longer our flesh. We've crucified the flesh and its old desires and all of its affections. And now we've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. We live by faith in the Son of God. Amen? Amen. And you know, it's, it's amazing what happens when you turn the light on. How many have ever had that experience in your life? Maybe at one time when you turned the light on in the kitchen and there was little critters in there that shouldn't have been there. I hate those kind of critters, don't you? I mean, I'd be poisoning all night long if I find one in my house. But I've done that before. Turn on and here they go. Shoop, boop. And uh, that's what happens oftentimes when God turns the light on in the darkness of our hearts. The evil flees. The darkness flees. You take just a little bit of light. It's amazing what a little bit of light will do to a whole lot of darkness. It could be totally dark in here and you just take one little pen light or one little iPhone. Hey, Siri, turn on the flashlight. My phone will probably start to do that in a minute. And it's amazing how everything then becomes visible in the light. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I am the light. Lord, turn on your light within these dark areas of our life. Does anyone know how long I've been speaking? Sometimes I lose track of time. Okay. Two hours? Okay. Oh, it's only seemed like 30 minutes to me. <laughs> See, every time we move into something new, we clear a path. I'm just, I wanted to test you on that. Just see if anybody was looking at their watch. Okay. We clear a path so that the Lord's perfect will can be done. I keep coming before the Lord over and over. Lord, create in me a clean heart. And I hope today that when you go out of this place that you'll remember this word. And every time you feel that old booger man coming up in you, that mad man, that aggravated man, that bitter man, that vile man, whatever kind of man you are. I, you notice I didn't call any of you women those things. 
when that comes up in you, say, Lord created me a clean heart. Wow. Presto. Bam. It happens. The moment you open your spirit to the Lord. It's almost like you can carry your own confessional along with you. <laughs> Bless me, Father, or I've sinned. <laughs> you know, because every time there's something in you, God is ready to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you'll confess your sins before him, he'll remove all of them and cast them as far as the east from the west. This message is kind of taken on a life of its own, isn't it? <laughs> We're going to see where it runs. It's about to run out, though. You know, I, I, I just love this stuff. And I'm trying to find where I'm at in my message. Darren, you ever see Darren do this? this? He inherited this from me. Yeah, it wasn't because I hit him on the head too many times. I was going to talk to you about taking out the precious from the vial, but I've kind of covered that, haven't I? Yeah. Jeremiah says, remove the precious from the vial. The precious, you know, there's a treasure in you. When you accept Christ, he puts a treasure in you called an earth, in an earthen vessel. He puts a treasure right there. It's a pearl of great price. It cost him everything to give you that little drop of treasure. You know, my grandmother was like that. My 88-year-old grandmother passed away, born in 1884. You know, you know you owe when your grandparents were born in the 1800s, right? She passed away in 1972, never owned a car, never owned a television, never owned a washer and dryer. She worked with her own hands and cleaning clothes out in her front yard ironing them for the businessman there in town. And my grandmother was the reason I'm here today. Thank you, Nanny. I appreciate you. Wow. And, and for the last 50 years, I've been determined to keep her memory alive because she prayed that God would raise up someone in her family that would follow him. She was out living south of Mule Texas in a dugout in the early 20s teens and twenties with her five children, one of my mother. You know what a dugout is, don't you? Have you ever seen one of those? You make your house kind of out of the ground, <laughs> you know, it's pretty primitive living, no indoor plumbing, no electricity. And God came to her and she felt the overwhelming burden that she be a missionary. No, you didn't know how to interpret it. Sometimes when God comes, you just know that he's there. And, but she couldn't go. Raising five kids, dirt poor, 30 miles from Mule Shoe, take you all day long to get there and back in the old Fords on the dirt roads. She said, Lord, raise up someone in my family. I can't go, but Lord, raise up someone in my family. So in 1970, 1970, right after I accepted the Lord and surrendered to priests, we drove to Mealshoe. My wife and I, Sue, sat down in my grandmother's little living room. 
the living room that when I grew up, I would spend the night there on many occasions and she'd be in her little rocking chair and she'd be knitting. I'd be like a little boy, four or five years old and she'd have on the radio preachers. I'd be listening to the radio preachers every night. She'd take me into the bedroom and there was no heat in the two little bedrooms that only had a little radiator in the living room and it just gets cold up there. And she'd have layered, that bed would be layered about that thick with quilts and blankets. First of all, she'd take me in the bathroom and give me a warm bath. Then she'd go and tuck me in the, those quilts and blankets. I'd be, I felt like I'm in a cocoon, you know. <laughs> it's the best sleep I ever had in my life. My little grandmother. She'd always fix me fried taters for lunch. She used a cast iron skillet. And there's nothing like cast iron skillet for cooking fried taters. Some of you older people in here know what I'm talking about. Some of your young people don't know what a cast iron skillet is. Well, back in the day, it was used to hit kids like you over the head. <laughs> so I told my little grandmother, I said, Nanny, I said, God's called me to preach. And she's, this when she told me the story. I didn't know the story until then. She said, she told me a story back when she was a young a young wife with five children, how God had called her. And she said, you're the only one that's answered the call. 50 years later, after she prayed that prayer. So thank you to a godly woman. So what little I've done has been pretty small. I used to think I'd be a Billy Graham or something, you know. But compared to that, it's been a pretty small. But whatever it's been, She's receiving a blessing from it. And she would be so blessed today to see you be a part of that fruit by opening your heart to the Lord. The Lord said, I'll deliver you from the hand of the wicked and I'll redeem you from the grip of the terrible. The Lord will set you free. If you be free, my brethren, then be free indeed. You know, it was back in 2018 that I had a diagnosis of cancer. And I told this story last night. I was preaching down at Capital City Church downtown. And I, I, got a, I went to the doctor and he, I just listened to it again the other day. I had it saved on my phone. He said, well, I have to tell you something. I said, I knew what he was going to tell me. He said, you've got cancer. And, uh, I wanted to say, praise God, but I didn't, you know, but that's kind of the way I felt. Praise God, you know, and it was prostate cancer, which is normally the worst thing, but yet I've known some people recently pass away from it. So it is the challenge And mine. They did the MRI and they did the pathology on the biopsy and it came back with extreme, uh, it wasn't good. I'll put it that way. He said, it doesn't look good. Um, we're going to take it out and then, um, but you know, don't be getting too excited because more than likely you're going to have to take further treatment later because I don't think it's all going to be gone. And, uh, thank God four years ago, it's still not back. Amen. Still, still gone. But that morning on the way, uh, the way that uh, on the way to the hospital, I had my iPhone and um, 
I'd never played music on it before. You know, I was, I'm kind of late to the game when it comes to this stuff. I did, you know, uh, this, I like Siri. I realized the first thing I asked Siri was, Siri, hey, do you love me? <laughs> and Siri said, I, I really can't answer that question <laughs> without prejudicing myself. <laughs> Something like that. And uh, I keep trying to get flattery back from Siri, but she just won't take the, the bite, you know. And, uh, but all of a sudden... I was standing there early in the morning, you know, we had to be there like at six o'clock. I asked the doctor three questions that morning, by the way. He came in. I said, let me ask you three questions, doctor. He said, what's that? I said, how much coffee did you drink this morning? (laughs) I didn't want some guy jacked up on too many cups of coffee, you know. And the second question I said, "Uh, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? He said, yeah. I said, well, I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit direct and guide you this morning. I said, the third question, doctor, he said, what's that? I said, would you pretend that I'm your father and you're my son? (laughs) But right before we left that morning, I'm going through it a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, But let me tell you this, that day and the next two months were the most awesome days of my life. I've never before and I've had a lot of encounters with God, but never before have I had that kind of encounter that I had during that season. The Lord became so real and dear to me. And I found out that the word of God is true. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that's to be revealed in you. Folks, there's a whole lot of glory out there just waiting. It's got your name written on it. There's some glory coming your way. So I'm standing there, and all of a sudden the phone, the stupid phone starts playing a song. I never had seen that happen before by itself. And it's a song I'd never listened to on the phone. And the song was by Michael W. Smith called Breathe. And there's a 40, 50-second interlude where the music's playing, then it starts singing. But the, I found that out later because there was no interlude. Just right away, the song started. You are the air I breathe. It was like he just came and appeared that very moment. And I'm going to sing that song this morning because I'm kind of a nostalgic type person. I like to remember those things. I played it on the way up here. And I don't know if Pastor Ross knows this. Pastor Ross has a good rendition of that song as well, Breathe. And every morning driving to one chapel in Austin, the last, for that first year during the COVID, I would say, hey, Siri, play Ross Parsley, Breathe. I told you I was in love with that guy. (laughs) And uh, so I alternate between him and Michael W. Smith. But... um, this morning, when that's Adrian and the worship team leads that song, I want this to be your encounter with God. There's something in your life. Hopefully it's not cancer, but it could be. Hopefully it's not something that's tragic, but it could be. Maybe it's just something in your life. Maybe just this morning you just need to get closer 
to the Lord. Maybe you need to touch the hem of his garment in a way that you haven't touched him in a while. Maybe you need to have that transference of the presence of God into your life and that fresh cleansing, that removal that where you can say like David, oh God, create, a, create a right heart within me. Cast me not away from your presence, but let me rejoice, Lord, in the things that I've gone through, the bones that you've broken. Maybe this is your morning to have an encounter with God that you need so desperately. And if it's, even if it's not, let the Lord touch you and minister to you right now. So as we sang this song, take just the next couple of minutes and just search your heart. Just let it all hang out. Let it all come out. And just watch him come in. Because he wants to do very, something very special in you right now. In Jesus' name. Amen.